Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Three, two, one. But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Welcome in, everybody. Episode Kirk 6 is on the phone. 74. Here. It is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. It is the first episode of March. As John Rothstein would say, this is March. Uh, We should be celebrating and we will celebrate, but we obviously have a very serious topic to discuss here to lead this episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. First topic, main topic, the biggest story in sports on Wednesday. Uh, Jalen Carter, potential number one pick in the NFL draft, was charged with two crimes on Wednesday related to the death of two people on Georgia's campus. We actually discussed this story when it happened. I'll give you some details, what Carter is alleged of, what actually happened, and just some overall thoughts on that whole situation. And then from there, we'll get to some of the other results in college hoops over the course of the last couple days. I think I do want to talk Arkansas, Tennessee. Like, does Arkansas at all regret deciding to play Nick Smith? We'll discuss that. Obviously, a devastating injury for Zakai Siegler, the Tennessee uh, star point guard. We'll talk Bill Self winning another Big 12 title. Been critical of Bill Self, but this guy is unbelievable. And some other odds and ends from the world of college basketball. Busy show, serious topic to kind of lead today's show. But overall, listen, March is a super fun month. I'll tell you, got off the phone on Wednesday with Bracket Fanatics. They are ready to run our Bracket Challenge. So good things are ahead, fun things are ahead, and we will discuss all of it but obviously a very serious topic to start the show. So with that said, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, as I just laid out, we have another very serious incident on a major college campus that could have been avoided that now has brought in legally a a high-profile member of a major college athletics program. And I'm not comparing apples to apples. I'm not trying to drag one into the other. But obviously, the last two, three weeks, we spent a lot of time talking about Brandon Miller, what he is alleged to have been involved in in the shooting on on Alabama's campus. And on Wednesday, we got some details about something involving Jalen Carter, a star defensive player for the University of Georgia. So let's just get into all of it. Let's break it all down. Let me give you all the background, and then I'll share some thoughts 
We'll just discuss it all like we always do on this show. Never avoid tough topics here on the Aaron Torres pod. But this story, sadly, ironically, um, starts on the same night as that shooting on Alabama's campus that took the life of Jamia Harris. I remember talking about both of these stories together, two tragedies, one on the campus of the University of Alabama, which we have revisited over the last couple of weeks. But this one was at Georgia. Georgia won its second straight national championship in football in early January, the day of their national championship parade. That night, there was a tragic incident after the championship celebration that took two lives of two people involved with Georgia football. One was a recruiting staffer staffer named Chandler LaCroix. The other was an actual player named Devin Willick, who passed away again in mid-January thanks to a car crash, um, thanks to a car crash in Athens or around the Athens area again in mid-January involving a recruiting staffer, Chandler LaCroix, and a player, Devin Willick. At that point, that was all we knew, and that was all we discussed, kind of in the same way that we kind of gave you the who, what, when, where, why of the Darius Miles situation and then didn't really talk about it. Well, it was the same situation with Georgia football. We had no new details. We weren't pointing fingers. We weren't doing this. We weren't doing that. It was just a sad, awful situation. Well, on Wednesday, we got some very important details, some very important updates on this crash that, again, took the lives of two people involved with Georgia football. None of them are good, and some of them involve Jalen Carter, Georgia's star defensive player. He was ironically in Indianapolis for the start of the NFL Combine. He has since decided to leave. Uh, He has been charged with two misdemeanor crimes in the state of Georgia. And as I'm recording, my understanding is he has returned to Georgia where he will likely turn himself into authorities, maybe by the time that you listen to this. So what happened? What was Jalen Carter's involvement? Well, what we found out was that on the night of that tragic car accident, took two lives, ironically, kind of crazily, There were actually two survivors of that car crash, including an offensive uh, lineman named Warren McClendon, who actually played in the Senior Bowl just a few weeks later. But I bring it up because what we find out is that according to a police report and also some great reporting from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, essentially the car that Chandler LaCroix was driving was allegedly involved in a basically... A, a racing situation, a street racing, drag racing situation involved with a car that was driven by Jalen Carter. This is from the police report in terms of how the police are describing the incident. Reading it from the police report, to be clear, this is not my opinion. It's not my thoughts. This is what the police allege have happened. The investigation found that Chandler LaCroix, driver of the 2021 Ford Expedition, and Jalen Carter, driver of a 2021 Jeep Trackhawk, were operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area at about 2.30 a.m. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. That is from the police report. What we also found out, not surprisingly, Chandler LaCroix's car was driving upwards of 100 miles an hour around the the time of the crash. We found out that Chandler LaCroix was drinking that night. 
A toxicology report revealed that her blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit at the time of the crash. And we also found out that as that police report report reflects, Jalen Carter was driving the other car and basically fled the scene when it happened. According to police, he was at the scene and then left. He returned about two hours later and gave two conflicting stories to police when he returned. The first one was that he was there. The first one was that he was not at the scene of the of the incident when it happened. Um, basically, that he heard the crash from his apartment, that he decided to kind of just come out and see what happened. Um, that was the first story that he told. But then he had later told police that he was, in fact, driving behind, behind and beside the SUV driven by LaCroix. Police did say that he had no signs of intoxication. And as of right now, that's what we know. But what we also know, and this is important, is that with the with, with the, the incident, he has been charged with two misdemeanor crimes, reckless driving and racing, for which, again, he has returned to Georgia, where he will ele- reportedly turn himself into authorities. Couple thoughts here before I just kind of just open the vault and share some thoughts. One, again, we're not a crime podcast. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to sit here and talk about is Jalen Carter going to go to jail? Is this, is that, is whatever. You can read police reports, police documents if you care. I'm not here to say what what he did do. I'm not here to say what he didn't do. I'm not here to uh, argue his innocence. I'm not here to argue his guilt. I am just repeating what the police said, and the lawyers in the court system will figure out what's next for him. My understanding is that the two misdemeanors face upwards of a year in jail. So that's obviously on the table potentially for this situation. Um, And I also, before we kind of get into all the details, I, I do want to say, you know, this was awful incident, which could have been much worse, which we're going to get to in a second, but there were two people who lost their lives on this night. Um, Bad decision making, but you know, rest in peace to Chandler Lacroix and Devin Willock, who is obvious, who are both obviously no longer with us. Now, in terms of my thoughts, let me just say this, and I want to preface it by saying what I always say in this situation: I am far from perfect. I have made many mistakes in my life. There are many days and many moments which I wish I could do over. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be. But I have to say, this was so dumb and so idiotic by all parties involved, okay? We have a lot of young people that listen to this show, high school-aged, college-aged. I am grateful for every single person that listens to this show. Let me just say this. I'm a dude in my 30s. I've made a ton of mistakes that I regret. I can definitively tell you, though, I've never drag raced or street raced. And don't drive drunk. I've never driven drunk. And I've certainly never driven drunk while speed racing. And I bring it up not to get on some high horse, not to tell you how incredible I am, not to tell you I'm a perfect human being. I'm saying it to say for the young people listening, there is nothing cool about street racing. There is nothing cool about getting hammered. And there is nothing cool about anything that Jalen Carter is alleged to have been involved in on the night of this incident. 
a night that cost two people their lives. And you know what I keep going back to? As awful as this is, as tragic as it is for Chandler LaCroix and Devin Willock, who are no longer with us, and certainly for their families, who I feel a ton of sympathy for. You know what I can't help but think? This could have been so much worse. Let me read again what the police alleged happened the night of the incident. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. Okay? I bring it up to say, it brings me back to some of the stuff that we've talked about with the Brandon Miller, Darius Miles alleged incident. I'm not comparing the two, but I sort of am in this case. And when I think about the Brandon Miller incident, I think about the fact that according to police reports in Tuscaloosa, 11 shots were fired that night. We lost Jamia Harris, but think about how much worse it could. It's awful that we lost the, the uh, a young woman who was a young mother. I am not trying to diminish that in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, what I would also say is that it could have been much worse. First of all, if you just read Brandon Miller's lawyer's own statement, Brandon Miller's lawyer alleges that he never got out of the car while this happened. There were two bullet holes in his windshield, which means that Brandon Miller is lucky to be alive and anyone that was anywhere near the vicinity of that alleged shooting is lucky to be alive as well. Well, Jalen Carter, who, like Brandon Miller, has his whole life ahead of him. If you believe this police report, and I have no reason not to, he is lucky to be alive. Why are you street racing at 2 a.m. in the middle of a, a somewhat of a residential area? It's not cool. It's not funny. Jalen Carter is lucky that he is alive right now, this moment, to even walk into the combine where he had to walk out of on Wednesday. It could have been worse. He could not be with us here anymore. He could have hurt someone else, killed somebody else the way that he was driving. I feel terrible that there are two people that lost their lives, but this could have been worse. We could be talking about the loss of not only those two, but the loss of the potential number one pick in the draft. We could be talking about the number one pick in the draft. Potentially, I don't even know what what could have possibly been done. And I'm just here to tell you, there's young people, old people, whoever, people my age, I don't care. There's nothing cool. There's nothing funny about driving 104 miles an hour through a residential area. It's not cool. It's not funny. And it's not going to end well. I keep going back to this. I'm not perfect. But I think about what is the win for Jalen Carter? What is the win? What is the best case scenario in that incident? Best case scenario of driving 104 miles an hour through residential areas with other cars coming the other way. The best case scenario, you win, you win a race, and then you go home and go to bed? No, don't do it. Don't be part of it. Jalen Carter, in mid-January, you're two and a half months from changing your life forever. I don't know Jalen Carter's background. I don't claim to know his situation. I don't know if he comes from a lot of money, no money, whatever. What I do know is he is in a couple weeks, in a couple months from this time of this incident, set to make money that will set him up for the rest of his life if he's smart with his money. Don't race. Don't whatever. Don't drive 100 whatever miles an hour reportedly in a residential area. 
I would hope if you see your friends getting behind a wheel drive drive after they've been drinking, you say no as it is, but this could have ended so much more poorly. So just from the baseline, forget that he's an NFL prospect. This could have ended so much more poorly for him, for the pedestrians of, of, of Athens, Georgia. It's just such a bad look overall. Now, in terms of the NFL draft stuff, like we're a sports show. We have to talk about it. And I don't know how this can't affect the NFL draft. And I'm not trying to diminish the two people who lost their lives. I hope you understand. But this is a sports show. We got to talk about it. He went to the NFL combine. It was interesting. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen multiple reports from multiple credible people talking about the dreaded character issues with Jalen Carter. Now, I don't know if it was solely to do with this incident that maybe because when you work in sports, sometimes you hear stuff behind the scenes that's coming out that hasn't come out yet. I don't know if all the draft analysts were talking about this, but how can it not affect draft stock? Again, not trying to diminish that two people lost their lives, but from the football perspective, I, can you take him top five? I, I saw Sean, Mc, uh, Sean McVay, Sean Payton say this uh, in an interview a few days ago. He goes, when you're drafting the top five, when you're drafting the top 10, it shouldn't be a reach. It shouldn't be a player that's an inch too short or a step too slow or character issues off the field. You should be able to check every box. And so I don't know what that means for Jalen Carter. I know his insane talent, but this is now allegedly reportedly on his resume. And you have to figure out if I give this guy tens of millions of dollars with a rookie contract, is he going to show up to the facility on time? Is he going to be accountable? Or is he going to be out at 2.30 at night driving around like an idiot, putting himself in danger, putting his li- putting other lives in danger. Finally, from the Georgia perspective, let me say this. To be clear, I want to make this obvious. I think this, to me, is obviously a different situation than Brandon Miller and Alabama as it is with Georgia, okay? And I saw Alabama fans getting in my mentions, Torres, you better have the same energy for, Al- for Georgia that you did for Alabama. Well, this is obviously different. Because Jalen Carter is no longer under Kirby Smart's purview. Jalen Carter obviously declared for the draft. Jalen Carter is obviously not a Georgia Bulldog. First of all, Alabama fans, I guarantee you that if Jalen Carter was was still a Georgia Bulldog and was playing week one next year, oh, I guarantee you plenty of people would have had plenty to say and plenty of people would have criticized Kirby Smart in Georgia. So right now, Georgia is saying all the right things. Kirby Smart himself released a statement that said the charges announced today are deeply concerning, especially as we are struggling to cope with the devastating loss of two beloved members of our community. We will continue to cooperate fully with the authorities while supporting these families and assessing what we can learn from this horrible tragedy. The only last thing I would say, Georgia, this is a tragedy. I'm not trying to say that it's not. Two young people lost their lives. Jalen Carter, we don't know what's going to happen. But if Georgia can learn any lesson at all from the Alabama situation, cooperate with police and make sure there's nothing else that you need to know. Last thing you want is to know that somebody else is somehow involved in this, and I'm not saying that they are. But Alabama fans are saying, Torres, why don't you talk about Georgia the same way that, that, that you're talking about us? Well, because Georgia's not playing this guy. Georgia's not playing this guy while he is part of an active police investigation, okay? But Georgia, do your homework. Make sure nobody else is involved. It's a tragedy. Do what you got to do. 
I don't even know what else to say. I don't even know what else to say. It's not the same as Brandon Miller. It's a tragedy nonetheless. I feel terrible for the two people who's lost who lost their lives. I I and I hope obviously nothing else comes out about this night beyond the Jalen Carter stuff involving other players, involving this, involving that. It's just a tragedy all around. It's just a tragedy all around. Obviously, we'll continue to cover this, by the way, as uh, as we get more details and you know whatever happens with Jalen Carter happens with Jalen Carter. So I do take a quick break, come back, uh, and obviously get to some lighter stuff. These last couple episodes have been so serious, man. Take a quick break, come back. We'll talk about some on-the-court hoop stuff. Last week of the regular season is here. March is basically upon us. A lot of college hoops to discuss. Take a quick break. All right, we're getting back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred's story. Started in 1967 in the UK. Over 1,600 shops in the UK have come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals, Colorado Rockies, Denver Broncos. And what I love about working with Betfred, nobody does more for their customers than Betfred does, okay? I've told you before, but I'm going to keep telling you. Cincinnati Bengals games, that Betfred suite is rocking. They had a New Year's Eve into New Year's Day party for the launch of sports betting in the state of Ohio. Shout out to all of you who were there. Obviously, beyond that, there is the Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. We have sent listeners of this show to those tailgates. Colorado Rockies, first pitch at those games. Betfred does more for their customers than anybody, and here is what they are doing. For listeners of the Aaron Torres podcast, okay, it's what you got to do. Bet 50 on any game and new users, how about this, get up to $1,000 in free bets. There are no catches. There are no gimmicks. Here's what you need to know. Bet 50 on any game, you get automatically $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get $200 insurance on your first five weeks as a Betfred customer. So you decided, hey, I'm going to bet this big game. 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever, you end up losing it. They're going to insure you for that game. So up to five weeks, up to $200 plus $111 for signing up for Betfred today. You're going to want to do it. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Tell them Torres sent you. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, the Betfred Sportsbook. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, everybody. All right, back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to. Switch gears and, and talk some college hoops. And I think the best way to go about doing this segment, I just think we're going to go probably five, six, seven games from the course of the last couple days. We recorded, had a Tuesday show going through all the different NCAA tournament scenarios. And now it's time to really just dive into the results from Tuesday and Wednesday night and just quickly rip through a bunch of different results, what it all means. I don't think I'm going to go 15 minutes on any one game but instead get to six or seven games with two, three minutes of thought on each. The first game that I do want to talk about, I think it was maybe the most important game that has been played since the last time we recorded. It came to Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Auburn going to Alabama. One, this was maybe the game of the year in college basketball. This game had everything, ranging from Auburn building a 17-point lead Auburn blowing that 17-point lead. We had ejections. We had a scuffle at midcourt, but Alabama in overtime does survive 90-85. to And so when it's time to talk about Alabama, I think we need to start doing something on this show. I always say on this show, two things in life can be true. And I think with Alabama, two things in life are true. One I think we can all agree if you're not an Alabama fan, and if you're an Alabama fan, you're going to defend the Brandon Miller decision, whatever. I'm not here to tell a fan how to feel. But I think the two things that we have to acknowledge if you're not an Alabama fan are this. One, we can disagree with the decision to even be playing Brandon Miller right now, and we could say if it was my school, if it was my coach, this would never happen, blah, 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 whatever. Alabama fans will fight you. But that is one side of the coin with Alabama. The other side, we have to accept and acknowledge that Alabama has made the decision to keep this young man on the court and we can like it or we can hate it, but we have to now start talking about them as a basketball team as to what it means for the rest of the season. If something from the legal perspective changes, we will discuss it then. But right now the decision has been made and we believe Brandon Miller will be on the court the rest of the year for Alabama. And so because of it, we have to acknowledge the the, the off the court stuff while also acknowledging the on the court stuff. And here is the on the court stuff. With the win, Alabama wins its second SEC title in three years. And on Tuesday, Wednesday night, I think we saw what I've been talking about all year when it comes to Alabama, the basketball team. At their best, I believe they may be the best team in the country. And I think we saw it on full display on Wednesday night. First of all, from the Alabama perspective, a couple things stand out. One, this is the, the, the team that we saw on Wednesday is the team I've been telling you about all year. Everybody likes to get caught up in narratives with NATO. It's the offense, threes, spacing, threes and layups. That's all they do. They take three-pointers, they take layups, they, they get to the foul line. But this is a complete team, and I thought the complete team element of them was on full display. This was a team that was not great early. But down the stretch, when they needed rebounds, they got them. When they needed block shots, they got them. I thought it was the defense that got them back in the game. 
And the defense, in my opinion, has been one of the more underrated elements of this team all year. And I know I keep talking about it, and I know we keep discussing it. But the bottom line is, when you look at this Alabama team and why you can like them or you can hate them, but they're good enough to win a national championship, here is why. You know who ranks number three in the country in field goal percentage defense? Houston is number one. That probably doesn't surprise you. Tennessee is number two. Alabama is number three. This is an elite defensive team. This is an elite rebounding team. That was on full display on Wednesday night. It just felt like every single time they needed a play, they needed a stop, they needed this, they needed that down the stretch, the defense came through. That's one reason why I believe like, like, like they just they just they're a complete team. That's one reason why, from a basketball perspective, I think they're so dangerous. And two, again, to go back, understand what's going on off the court, but on the court, they have an incredible resiliency to fight through adversity. And maybe it has to do with what's going on off the court. And to be clear, I think everybody knows I'm not trying to diminish the seriousness of what's going on off the court, but this is a team that just seems to, whatever you throw at them, they figure it out. They had a very controversial last uh, uh, week last week. Brandon Miller goes to South Carolina and scores 41 points. They hear it all week. They beat Arkansas on Saturday. They have the whole, uh, you know, pat down, pat down celebration, pregame celebration that they're getting questioned about after the game on Saturday. They come out on Wednesday and take care of business. And so when I look at this Alabama team, from the national perspective, not much has changed. Listen, we have a sport right now where everybody has questions. Kansas has questions. Duke has questions. UConn has whoever. And this team continues to win and continues to play at an insane level. We'll see if they can keep it up against Texas A&M. But from a basketball perspective, it's hard not to be impressed. Alabama gets the win over Auburn. This was a great game, and Alabama gets the win. And for the second time in three seasons, they are your SEC regular season champs. They win it outright. That was partly because of Texas A&M's loss to Mississippi State on the road on Saturday. But they're going to be the number one seed in uh, in uh, the SEC tournament next week. Alabama is your SEC champ. Keeping it going. Um, I do have to quickly talk about the Auburn perspective in this game. For Auburn, this was just a crushing loss. And here's why. If Auburn had won this game, I think that just about clinches an NCAA tournament berth for them. If they had won this game, I don't really think like, like you still want to win Saturday in the season finale at home against Tennessee. You still want to have success in the SEC tournament, but this wasn't a team that I felt like, like if they win on Wednesday night against Alabama, that is the quad one of all quad one wins. And that puts a cherry on top of Auburn's resume. Instead, they lose. And unfortunately for Auburn fans, this just took on way too much of a familiar feel. Okay. One, 15 to 24 from the free throw line. That's not going to get it done. Not against the number two team in the country on the road. Two, this was a game they were largely in control in and couldn't put it away. Did you know I got this stat from our Torres on Auburn guy? We have the Torres on Auburn account. Matthew Huntley runs it, does a great job. Matt told me that Auburn in its last 80 minutes of basketball, Auburn has led for 60 plus minutes of them. Yet they go, or I don't know what the exact stat is because obviously the Kentucky game is in the mix. I don't know. But the bottom line is you go through their entire season. That's that wasn't right. I'm going to have to have a talk with Matthew. But the point is this. 
is that you go through Auburn's season, it's one game after the other, after the other, after the other, where they're on the cusp and they can't quite get through. They lose by one at Tennessee. They were in, I don't want to say they were in control, but they could have beaten Alabama the first time they played them in Auburn. They lose. Could have won the game on Wednesday night at Alabama, blow a 17-point lead. We're in control against Texas A&M on the road a few weeks ago. Couldn't win that one. At Vanderbilt, lose in the final seconds. And so for Auburn, it's one after another, after another, after another, close calls that aren't quite good enough. What'll be interesting, they host Tennessee on Saturday. They win this one. You know, I think they're probably in. You lose this one, though, and we talked about it on Tuesday's show. I think you're probably going to the SEC tournament needing to win a game at the SEC tournament because right now the resume is just not really there. They did beat Arkansas and Missouri at home in SEC play, but outside of the SEC, their best win is probably for Auburn, Northwestern by one, lost to Memphis, lost at USC, lost to uh, a couple other big games out of conference. So your best win out of conference is realistically probably an ugly one-point win over Northwestern. Auburn, it was right there. It was in your fingertips. Could not quite get the win. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's keep it going across the rest of college basketball over the, the last couple nights. I do want us to kind of stay in the SEC. Two other quick results to get to. The first, Kentucky loses at home to Vanderbilt. And this was another weird one, right? We had some weird games on Wednesday night. Uh, in this one specifically, in this one, Kentucky gets up early. Kentucky blows the lead. Kentucky gives up a big play right before the half. The audio on the broadcast goes out. I know some of you may have been at Rupp Arena, but for those of you who weren't, who are watching on TV just like me, weird audio problems. But really, at the end of the day, the reason that Kentucky lost this game was pretty straightforward. Their best player, or I would argue their most important player, Cason Wallace, went out early in the second half with an injury. Um, and by the way, this was on a day where John Calipari announced that Severe Wheeler, who was the starting point guard this year for Kentucky, uh, he had another surgery that's going to keep him out for uh, an extended period of time. It sounds like probably the rest of the season. But Cason Wallace goes down with, with, with a, a, an injury. He does not play, and Kentucky loses by two. The crazy part was they got a great look at the basket to win this game. Now, in terms of kind of big picture stuff with Kentucky, I guess what I would say pretty straightforward is this. I think the good news, first of all, I'm not going to do the whole like, Calipari's terrible, fire Calipari. Cal like, like, we're over that. I, I am past that. I'm not doing that. If you want that analysis, 
from someone in the media. I'm sure somebody is still on the fire Calipari every time Kentucky has a bad possession. That's not who I am, and that's not who I'm going to be. I'm sorry. That's what you want. You got to go somewhere else. But I think there's a little positive and a little negative for Kentucky right now. The positive, Case and Wallace is going to be okay. Calipari said after the game, uh, they did x-rays. There's no breaks. There's no fractures. There's no nothing. It's just a question of how long he'll be out. Does not sound like he'll be playing at Arkansas. I'm just telling you, I don't know what the Betfred Sportsbook line will be in that game, but Bet Arkansas, there's no way they're losing at home when Casey Wallace isn't on the court. But you hope to get him back for the SEC tournament. Calipari said at worst, it's probably an NCAA tournament thing. But man, you just talk about the wrong injury at the wrong time. The good news is that he is coming back. But the bad news is, and this is a concern that many Kentucky fans have expressed to me, Kentucky just doesn't have a lot of depth right now, right? This is always a program. Calipari does not historically fill up his 13 scholarships, but this year it feels especially pressing. The rotation got tight the last couple weeks. Then Severe Wheeler goes down with an injury. Then C.J. Frederick goes down with an injury. Then C.J. Frederick comes back, but Cason Wallace is now out. And as I said a minute ago, uh, without Cason Wallace, you also don't have Severe Wheeler. You really don't have a point guard. If Cason Wallace can't play against Arkansas, you basically don't have a point guard going into Arkansas. And so that's the concern for Kentucky fans is really over the last couple of weeks that to their credit, Calipari found a lineup that worked, but there really is no depth. Went back. They played at Florida last uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night. All five starters played 35 plus minutes in that Florida game. Okay. And so if you lose a player of Case and Wallace's caliber, there's just nobody to replace him. So for a Kentucky fan, you gotta hope that he's okay. You gotta hope that they can survive this. If he comes back, listen, if he comes back, he's a hundred percent. I still think Kentucky is as good as I think they're capable of beating just about anybody in college basketball. Now, will they? I don't know, but this is a team I just said on the last episode. I just said about on the last episode, like they're good enough to beat just about anybody, but they end up losing this game. It's a cause for concern. Case and Wallace is out. You got to get healthy. One last thought on the SEC, and then we'll get to some other stuff. Tennessee, Arkansas, you know, you talk about brutal injuries, feel terrible. Tennessee, their their starting point guard, sophomore Zakai Ziegler. Uh, I think many may remember this story, but he actually had a situation. He's from New York. His house actually burned down to the credit of Vol Nation, Tennessee Nation, uh, Big Orange. They raised a bunch of money, was able to get his family that includes a special needs. I believe it's a cousin, a uh, special needs cousin is was able to get them a new home in the Knoxville area. This kid, Zakai Ziegler, has poured his heart into this program even in just two years. We find out that he has suffered an ACL injury, suffered in the Arkansas game on Tuesday, and he's obviously done for the year. Feel bad for him. Tennessee gets the win. Um, don't know what to really say about Tennessee. Tennessee is the weirdest team, man. Like Tennessee, so they've, and they're another one, by the way, they've been battling injuries all year. Like everybody wants me to pile on Rick Barnes and crush Rick Barnes and Rick Barnes stinks. And it's like, they haven't really had the same lineup all season long. Early in the season, Josiah Jordan James is out. Then Santiago Vescovi's out. Then Josiah, then Santiago Vescovi comes back and Josiah Jordan James is out again. Then it's Josiah Jordan James and Julian Phillips. Now it's Zakai Ziegler when those two other guys come back. It's just a lot to deal with, and it feels like it just might not be Tennessee's year. But then you look at their resume. Beat Texas. Beat Alabama. Beat Kansas. I mean, Tennessee is really, we're trending towards a situation 
where Tennessee is probably going to have two wins over eventual number one seeds, Alabama and Kentucky. And so I just bring it up to very simply say, I don't know what to make of Tennessee. I'm not ready to pour dirt on their grave and say they have no shot going forward because I just don't know what to make of their situation. They, they win games that they're not, that we don't think they're going to win. Um, and so I just bring it back to just very simply say, um, I look at this Tennessee team and I feel like, you know what? I, I just don't know what to make of them. Credit to them for rallying without Sakai Ziegler. And we'll see what happens from there. Really quickly, um, really quickly in terms of the Arkansas perspective. I know I mentioned this to lead the show. This might be something that we do a bigger segment on at some point. But Arkansas, and I'm not blaming anyone, so I want to be clear here. But Arkansas has just not been the same since Nick Smith Jr. came back to this team. And for people who forget the Nick Smith story, preseason, projected lottery pick, uh, first-round talent, whatever. Starts the season injured. I think they called it knee management at the time. Comes back, plays really well, gets hurt again. You think he's out for the year. And then really about late January, you start to hear rumblings. Nick Smith Jr. might be coming back at some point this season. And even at the time, Arkansas had been playing really well. They had won five of six in a row. and Five of six, I should say. That's not in a row if you lose one, but that's neither here nor there. They had won five of six. The only loss was at Baylor. And even then, Arkansas fans were saying, do we really want to rush this kid back? And I said at the time a couple things. One, give credit to the kid. This could be a just shut it down and get ready for the draft moment. Okay, we've seen that across college sports. Shaden Sharp didn't even have an injury last year and he didn't play. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver at Ohio State, I'm sorry. I don't believe that a hamstring injury kept him out five months. At some point, he just decided to shut it down and get ready for the draft. So I want to credit Nick Smith for coming back. And I don't blame the coaching staff for bringing him back because there's no scenario in the world where when you have a lottery pick that's able to go, you don't bring him back. But this team just doesn't feel like it's been quite the same since he's come back. They're now just two and four overall. I thought it might take a game or two to get comfortable with him. But unfortunately, it's looking much, much, much more. Um, and I do worry a little bit. I mean, this is an Arkansas team at this point. I think they're okay for the tournament. They close with Kentucky at home on Saturday. I think they're going to get a pretty beat up Kentucky team. So I guess you have that as a positive if you want to call that a positive. But at the same time, I would say Arkansas win that game, win an SEC tournament game. I think Arkansas is in, and I would still be scared to play them because there's not very many teams that have the size and athleticism and talent that they do. But you're now talking about a team, as I just said, that's lost four of six since Nick Smith Jr. came back. Safe to say I'd be a little bit worried, um, but we'll see what happens with Arkansas. We'll see what happens with them. They close with Kentucky on Saturday. Really quick, a couple other notes there uh, from the last couple of days. So one, I told you a minute ago, Alabama has clinched the SEC regular season title. Can we just take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Kansas on Wednesday, Tuesday, get my days all confused. Kansas on Tuesday also clinched a Big 12 regular season title. And this is a Kansas program. We are talking about a program. That lost four of its top six scores, 70% of its scoring off of a national championship team from a year ago. They play in the toughest conference of college basketball, and Bill Self did it again. 
Bill Self got this team to a Big 12 title, and there is probably a bigger, broader, larger conversation to have about Bill Self in Kansas. But how about this first stat? This is now, this stat boggles my mind. This is now Bill Self's 17th Big 12 regular season title since he got to Kansas. This is his 20th year at Kansas. He's won 17 Big 12 titles in a Big 12 where many of those years are the best conference in college basketball. You want some comparison? How about this? Coach K, who everyone calls the GOAT, Coach K, 13 Big 12 titles in, in 43 years. So do some math. Not great at math, but 17 Big 12 titles in 20 years, and I get that some of them are split. But also, 17 and 20, or you want the 13 and 43 that Coach K has. And so, listen, I've been critical of Bill Self on this show. Some of the FBI stuff, I thought he got a pass. But at the end of the day, this guy is the best coach in college basketball by a mile. And I would add, he's doing it with a roster. You look at this roster, they have no business winning the Big 12, okay? This is a roster that, to be blunt, um, they really don't have a low-post player. Like, their best low-post guy is a kid named K.J. Adams, who's like 6'7". So they don't really have a low-post player. Their their point guard, Dewan Harris, struggled early. The, the Kevin McCuller, their high-profile transfer, struggled at times, too. And they just figured it out. And so credit Bill Self. They are back on track. Remember, at one point uh, in early and mid-January, mid this was a team that lost three straight. And what did I tell you at the time? I'm not worried. I've seen Bill Self lose two of three, three of four, four of five, whatever it was. Well, since then, they have now won their last seven games overall and nine of ten. And listen to this for wins that we're talking about. At Kentucky, Kansas State at home, Texas at home, at Oklahoma, at TCU, Baylor at home, West Virginia at home, tournament team, tournament team, tournament team, tournament team, tournament team. They closed the season at Texas on Saturday. Unbelievable job by Bill Self. I give that guy so much credit. And then finally, a couple other notes. You know, Big Big East, Marquette, they just won the Big East regular season title. Congrats to Shaka Smart. They were picked ninth in the preseason. Shaka's doing an amazing job, and we've talked enough about him. But this was a guy that when he was at Texas, I crushed him, and he's overrated. He's this, he's that. No, maybe it's a Texas thing. Seems like everybody in Texas has problems. Shaka Smart, Steve Sarkeesian, Charlie Strong, Rick Barnes at the end. So credit Shaka Smart, they win the Big East. They're going to be a problem in the NCAA tournament. Also in the Big East, I'm just going to tell you, UConn played DePaul. I know it's DePaul. I know DePaul's terrible. They won by 29 points. They have now won three straight games. They've averaged 90 points in their last three games. And in a year where, again, not a lot of great teams, and there's a lot of teams trending in the wrong direction at this point in the year. Think about all the teams in college basketball and everybody that's that's really, if you look at it right now, I think trending in the wrong direction. Um, you know, Purdue has lost whatever, four of its last six. Gonzaga's playing okay. I don't want to discredit them. But Virginia's not playing well. Indiana lost to Iowa the other day. UConn just keeps getting better and better and better. Seven and one in their last eight, 90 points per game in their last three. Watch out for the Huskies. I think that's it in terms of notable results. Indiana did get smacked by Iowa the other day. I'm not going to freak out about that. Um, and really, I think that's it. I'll tell you what, I think that's it. I think it's time for me to go. 
Um, because at the end of the because listen, we we've done enough here. I think it's just time for me to go. So I'm gonna get out of here. Before we do, that, that's it. That was an abrupt ending. Forgive me. Whatever. I'm over it. It is time to move on. With that said, a couple things. If you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. Good stuff, fun stuff, quick show, killer show, great show, doing what AT does. That's all for today's show. By the way, should have led the show with this. Should have led the show with this. But how about this? We got 20% off in the Aaron Torres media store. So you want to get your Mike F. and Woodson shirt. You want to get your Revenge Tour t-shirt. You want to get, uh, uh, you know, whatever. By the way, we got some cool new stuff there that you're going to want to check out. Marches for day drinking. You know, I'm just saying you get together with your boys. You have a couple drinks. We got our Marches for day drinking uh, t-shirts. Our marches for day drinking, uh, whatever. So make sure to check out the Aaron Torres store. A lot of good stuff. Awesome stuff. Time for me to get out of here. Before we do all that good stuff, check out the store. 20% off discount. March 20%. March 20% is your discount. That is all for today's show. If you want more details, by the way, feel free to hit me up at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter. Aaron Torres pod on Instagram. All that good stuff. Time for me to go. Shout out to Torrent Cray. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F-head. Unblock me, bro. I'll be back on Friday. So we'll do four episodes this week, by the way. Monday, Tuesday, if you missed it, go back and download. Then this Thursday show, then Friday. That's it. Time to go. Shout out to Torrent Craig, Rachel, who hates my voice. And yes, JJ Reddick. By the way, I saw JJ Reddick and Kendrick Perkins getting into it. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's not me. JJ Reddick seems to get into it with everybody. Maybe it's not Taurus. I'll be back Friday. Have a good day, people. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.